Welcome to this week's episode of Beyond the Box with your host and CEO of Babelbox, Sherry Langberg. Sherry interviews the world's biggest brands, agencies, and influencers to uncover their influencer marketing secrets to success. Go behind the scenes and learn how you can make influencer marketing part of your social media playbook. Subscribe to Beyond the Box at podcast.babelbox.com. Listen to all of your favorite episodes and follow us on Instagram for more influencer marketing inspiration. In the world of subscription boxes, BarkBox is one of the most successful standouts. Launched in 2011, the company which delivers treats and toys to consumers now has 500,000 active subscribers and has become the go-to destination for dogs and lovers. I'm joined today by Chris Hing, Senior Marketing Associate, who will be sharing her influencer marketing insights with us. Welcome, Chris. Hi, thank you. I'm excited to be here. Thank you so much for joining us. I know you started out as a BarkBox Happy Ambassador. Can you tell us what a happy ambassador is at BarkBox? Yeah, so um, I started out at Bark about four years ago and our in our happy team, which is our absolutely amazing customer service team. They're much more than um, just customer service, but they we were starting an office in Columbus, Ohio, and our headquarters were in New York. It was our first ever other office. So I started out as um, just you know an ambassador on the happy team, talking to customers and engaging with our our human and dog customers. How does a dog customer dial in for customer service? <laughs> well, funny enough, we actually have the option to talk to a dog when you first call in our number. Oh my God. So usually it's the parents calling us, but if they do want to talk to a dog, you can press that and then you just hear a lot of barking. That is hilarious. So how did you, and what does your role look like? How did you evolve to senior marketing associate? What does your role look like at the company? Yeah, so I was a um, happy ambassador for a few months and grew in within the happy team. Um, at that time, the Columbus office was only happy team members. Um, so I grew into leadership within the happy team. Maybe a year and a half later or so, we were actually exploring the idea of having our products in retail stores. And I had the opportunity to switch over to our retail team. So just in case anybody doesn't know, we do now have our toys in retail stores. We're in Targets nationwide as well as 15 other, um, other retailers uh, or other retail partners. Luckily, that retail job did take off, but being on the retail team I and having the background of being a happy ambassador, I you know had been talking with customers and learning about their... Um, concerns and likes of our products, I was able to get a little bit more looped into some marketing conversations, but still combine my customer experience with that marketing. So like starting out with working in experiential marketing where you're engaging with the customers out in the wild using my background and a little more communications based. And then that kind of also led into engaging with influencers and then I, you know, just ended up being full-time marketing and have been on the marketing team for a couple of years now. So tell us, when you talk about this retail and obviously Target, big brand, what does experiential look like for BarkBox when you're, you're, you're going out there in the wild? Yeah, so I actually went to about 35 different cities 
last year, I believe it was, 2018. Oh my God. <laughs> it was pretty wild. I was on the go all the time. Um, but what we were doing was just, we were trying to connect our um, products that were in Target. So every couple of months in Target, we launch a new seasonal end cap and it has different toys that are different themes. Um, and then we also, we have constantly an, a, an assortment that's always there and kind of like stays there year round as well. But we were trying to just get people to know more about those rotating seasonal end caps. And so we would connect some kind of event and theme of an event to the product line that we were launching mm -hmm. and host an event. So people would just come and hang out with us. A lot of times they were at breweries. We found that people enjoy sharing a beer um, and bringing their dog to the breweries. Breweries are very often dog friendly. And so it's a really great venue for us. Mm -hmm. um, but like, for example, our January line this year was uh, heads or tails. And it was all about like throwback board games, card games, dice kind of games. And so we threw a dog's game night at a brewery. So it wasn't necessarily in a target. It was just to help you kind of gain awareness for these new product extensions that were not in the box. That was kind of our tactic for mm -hmm. experiential since Target is a store where dogs are not allowed in the store to pick their own toys. This was a way to have dogs surrounded by our toys and um, have awareness of them and let them kind of pick, but you know, not, <laughs> they obviously can't do it in the Target stores. Right, right. Well, maybe Target will change that. I would love my dog to be able to go in there. It's my happy place. <laughs> I know. <laughs> So when we talk now about like the box itself, I mean, obviously I have a dog, her name is Sprout, so she gets the box, um, but <laughs> could you do, if we had to do an unboxing, because that's so popular on social, what would an unboxing of a bark box look like? Well, an unboxing would be, um, so first of all, it's kind of like the most exciting day for a dog and the dog's family when you get your bark box. <laughs> uh, we call that bark box day. And when you, when the dog gets the box, you know, usually the family will all gather together and let the dog open the box. And inside there, inside a like standard um, bark box, there would be two toys, two bags of treats and a chew that are all uh, themed to whatever that month's theme is. The themes change every single month. They never repeat. You always have new, different, exciting products. Um, but we do have a couple, we have another line called Super Chewer, which is our more durable, kind of rugged, more outdoorsy dog type box. And so in those, um, you would get a more like nylon or uh, hard, durable rubber type toys. Mm -hmm. um, and then we always have the option to add different topical fun things to your box. So there's lots of different ways that you can customize it. Um, you can even customize if your dog you know, really likes playing with toys more than treats. You can uh, write into our wonderful happy team and <laughs> call them or whatever and um, ask them to you know, help make the box fit their dog better. So there's a lot of customization. I can assume that you know, uh, like a German Shepherd's going to want very different toys than my seven and a half pound dog. Exactly. And it's great that we have that customization for families who have multiple dogs, especially because, you know, some dogs do have a German, I mean, families have a German Shepherd and a seven pound uh, 
Yorkie poo and they want to have toys that fit both of those dogs. So it's really interesting. How does like, with all the, everything that you're doing, how do dogs come into like the customer satisfaction or the creation of new products? Yeah, well, they definitely play a very large role in that since, you know, we've kind of touched on the fact that dogs are really our customers. You know, it's, it's the dogs and the family that are our customers. Um, but for when we make new products, we have the dog like fully in mind, um, first and foremost. So we make about 430 new products every single year. So all bark toys and treats are um, made in-house, design created, made in-house. And um, we test every single one of those on our office dogs. They test them, they have to approve them. <laughs> if we have a, a toy we've been working on and we put it out and none of the dogs are going for it, then it's going in the trash. Um, well, not the trash. We would <laughs> it, uh, donate it to a rescue and see if any of them wanted it. But <laughs> I'm going to yeah. send my sprout to your office. She's going to have more fun there. Yeah, <laughs> we have tons of dogs in the office every day, so it's really easy to <laughs> to be able to test out those toys. That's amazing. So I don't know if I read this wrong, but you know, my background when I first started in this space was I had a lot of dating companies doing work with us and. I came across something that says you have like Bark Buddy, which says it's a Tinder for dogs. Is that a matchmaking service to help dogs meet other dogs? <laughs> it's uh, close. It's a matchmaking service to help people meet their new dogs. So we use PetFinders API to source photos and information on adoptable dogs ac across the country. And we, um, PetFinder, you know, has adoptable pet gets the information from rescues and shelters all across the country and we put them into an easy to use app that people can really resonate with and to make that process of looking for a new furry family member for your family um easy and fun to do from the comfort of your couch <laughs> so you know people um people think it's just more fun and interesting to be looking for a dog that you might be able to rescue from a shelter if you're doing it in a way that you know, you've been looking for comrades of your own. Mm -hmm. um, so we we're constantly trying to reframe the concept of dog adoption and try to make it as cool as possible. I mean, that's kind of like your cause for marketing. So it's a great cause to be involved in. Yes, we have a whole branch of our company called Bark for Good, and we work with over 700 rescues and shelters across the country, um, just our company aside from the Bark Buddy uh, app part of it. We have our employees go on trips to help rescues and shelters, and um, we're constantly donating toys, money. Um, right. It's definitely a very big part of our company. No, it definitely is a, a, an important cause and so meaningful to so many people. So my question is, is that, you know, you mentioned this Bark Box Day, and obviously it's a hashtag that's very prominent on social, particularly Instagram. You know, when in our space, it's influencer marketing. It seems like a brand like BarkBox is so playful and fun. You don't even need any influencers. You know, how do they play a role in your, in your marketing strategy? Yeah. Um, so we, we kind of look at what, you know, typical companies, brands call influencers more so as brand ambassadors. 
um, because we do get so much organic attention on social, which is amazing. We uh, and we, you know, have a, a great product that people are excited to to share. We don't typically pay influencers to do posts for us, but we um, have built this this group of brand ambassadors who are excited to get a sneak peek at our products before they launch or before the box comes out to everybody else. And they, um, they you know, will post just because they love the product and they see how much their dog loves the product. So the way it actually started though was for our retail line. I mentioned we were exploring going into different retailers. And when um, we went into Target, you know, that was a huge deal for us. That was our first big retailer that we were in. And we wanted to figure out different ways to get that word out even more. And so we started our um, influencer strategy with that. We were sending out new products that were going to be on those rotating end caps uh, before the end cap would come out. We'd send them to dog accounts and um, get them to, or hopefully they would post. There was no, no us telling them they had to post, but hopefully they would post. And, you know, we have a really uh, high success rate of who does post. Um, and so that was kind of the reason we started it. Um, since we did have so much great UGC for BarkBox already, mm -hmm. we now have kind of switched—not switched that over—but we've extended it to having brand ambassadors for BarkBox as well. Um, we look to kind of different topical lifestyle accounts more so when we're sending out Bark Boxes ahead of time. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, as we've talked about each month, there's a new theme for the Bark Box, and we try to think of what kind of, of um, social accounts would fit well with that theme that, of people who we might not have already spoken to all that much. So this month, the, the November Box is very Thanksgiving food oriented, and so we look to a lot of like foodie accounts and obviously any accounts that we're going to work with have to have dogs and have to like prominently feature their dogs too because mm -hmm. we want to make sure it comes off you know authentic and it's natural for those accounts to be posting um but yeah so we we had some great success with that for our, our foodie accounts this month and that's kind of the strategy we look at more so for BarkBox now. Yeah, I mean, it, it makes sense. You could be doing like January's resolutions, so health wellness people. And then, you know, um, when you look at, are you still working with those, like the dog accounts specifically? Yeah, um, we work with a ton of dog accounts still for our retail line and our, um, our Super Tour line has some really amazing dog accounts that they work with every single month. Um, BarkBox is kind of a combination. It, we kind of rotate those a little bit more since the theme is always rotating and that's just mm -hmm. the strategy we've decided for the BarkBoxes. But some of them, <coughs> still, you know, there's just like, there's so many great dog accounts you can't, you can't pick. So we definitely include the <coughs> dog still as well. That's what I was going to ask. How do you possibly go through all these? I mean, there are people who are posting their dogs in bikinis. I tried. It didn't work. But, you know, how do you possibly <laughs> filter through all these precious dog photos and choose someone that, you know, deserves to get the box or deserves to, you know, be an ambassador? I can't imagine. 
Yeah, we we created a hashtag, hashtag dogs of bark. And that was actually what our retail, um, we asked our retail influencers to use when we started that out two, three years ago. Mm-hmm. And um, now the hashtag dogs of bark has just totally taken off. And there's like almost 400,000 posts of for hashtag dogs of bark but we use that to source our UGC. And we also use that to source new brand ambassadors. Um, so that's a great way if you ever, you know, if you ever are hoping for your dog to get more yeah. involved with Bark, <laughs> our hashtag bark, Dogs of Bark is where we find them. Uh, that, that's great to know. Yeah, we actually used to have, or we, our happy team um, respond or comment, comments back to hashtag Dogs of Bark posts constantly we they used to respond to every single one and it's a little bit harder now that there's almost 400,000 um but they're still out there searching through that hashtag constantly that I'm going to uh submit a photo after we get off this call so <laughs> tell me about you know obviously you have a lot of promotions happening is there an all-time favorite influencer promotion that comes to mind one of our treat lines in target was called snacks that give back and it gave back to a rescue that was local to the um, name of the bag. So we had like snacks to give back New York and that gave back to a New York rescue. Snacks to give back Philly, it gave back to a Philly rescue. So we worked with a hundred or so brand ambassadors to create a game and competition where we told, we, we split them up into teams by these regions and, um, told them that we were going to give everyone on their team a $100 gift card to Target, since that's where the toy, the treats were, um, if they won. And winning would be getting the most engagements. And it was really neat to see just how the whole gamifying of this uh, campaign built teamwork and camaraderie. And we had already noticed that the our brand ambassadors would be talking back and forth with each other um and you know we'd see them comment on each other's posts and they were kind of like becoming friends through instagram and so this just really helped strengthen those relationships and um help them all work together and you know we even got wind of the fact that they had built or they had created um group dms with their teams and they were talking back and forth so it was it was really successful in the way that it was just a fun and um, may you know really helped build a camaraderie. But then also it helped it really amplified our the campaign results across like all metrics. They were posting more because it was a competition. They were trying to you know, post really engaging material since that was the metric we were basing it off of. And, um, and they were like timing out the posts together since they were working together. So it was just really neat overall. And it probably wasn't even about the prize. It was about, again, it, it was for a cause and then it was a competition. So it was those two things that kind of catapult the, 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 the performance. Totally. I mean, for the cause, I think that's why they were willing to post multiple times. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and then the competition just added that extra fun factor. So, you know, obviously it's hard to imagine, but I guess I'm wondering on the flip side of that, is there a campaign that didn't perform so well that you would be willing to share with us? We 
recently in the past few months um tried to do a campaign with one of our products in our essentials line mm -hmm. so our bark essentials is kind of what it sounds like every things that everyone needs every dog parent needs um but not all of them are quite as exciting for example there's poop bags and pee pads so we were hoping to incorporate pee pads into youtube videos mm -hmm. and we were working or we were our idea was to work with trainers or puppy accounts um and have them kind of just naturally integrate the rp pads into the videos that they were already doing mm -hmm. and it was just a little bit more difficult than we were expecting it's not all that common to be making a new pee pad video and as i mentioned we don't typically pay the influencers and so that's uh youtube is a little um a little higher ask to make a video and um so it just, it was more challenging than we expected to, or than we had really thought about from the beginning. We just had this idea and then it didn't pan out so well. Yeah, no, and we see that with YouTube too. I think that, you know, when we do other campaigns, there's a little bit more flexibility, but with YouTube, I, I just think it's the sheer nature that there's so much more involved in them coming up with the video content to insert something into the story is just harder. Yeah, certainly. And, and it's just uh, overall, uh, you know, longer more complicated process <laughs> yeah definitely so i guess i would love to know in terms of like we're talking about content you know we talk it's it's clear that instagram works for you but are there other channels that you think about that are working i mean you know blog channels twitter anything else that you know facebook like what other channels work for you or what formats or yeah well we're starting to um try and get into TikTok a little bit more since that's been so popular recently. Mm -hmm. um, we, we have an account there, a BarkBox account and our handle, I guess. I'm still not all that um, tuned into TikTok. Uh, you know, we have a few of our younger <laughs> <laughs> teammates on that project. Um, but I, I think it's probably, it seems like it's going to be important in the next year for for brands to be engaging with Gen Z through TikTok. And yeah. we, definitely, we have a big presence uh, with our BarkBox account on Twitter. Um, those are Twitter and Instagram are our largest right now, but we, we have all, you know, YouTube and um, Pinterest and, and yeah. So fascinating. What works so well for you on Twitter that it's such a high, because so many brands now are just like, oh, Twitter, but it's, I think it's still a great channel. And I wonder for you, what works so well there? Well, our specifically for BarkBox, for that kind of brand persona, we do a lot of memeing and uh, for Instagram. Mm -hmm. And you, we use that similar kind of just humor and joke uh, personality for Twitter and it's really easy on Twitter to just you know put out those quick jokes and our our company and brand is very lighthearted fun jokey and so I think that's why we do well there yeah it's kind of like all the fast food restaurants playing around with each other on Twitter yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah so I guess it's not just a new year coming up it's uh, a whole new decade and would love your insights since you're at the forefront of influencer marketing what do you think is going to be the biggest trends are going to be the biggest trends in the new decade 
Yeah, so I mentioned a little bit TikTok and Gen Z. I think there's going to be a lot of focus on Gen Z and how best to reach them. If anyone's ever been in a conversation about Gen Z marketing, we all know that authenticity is a very key factor for that generation. And uh, whoa, oh, sorry about that. <laughs> There's a little dog something happening in the office. I hope he's or um, she's okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, sorry. So yeah, Gen Z, you know, they're they have a large fat focus on authenticity. And I think that's going to be something that brands are really working hard to fit into their marketing, um, marketing strategies. I luckily, I think that we, we do pretty well with naturally feeling authentic. So, you know, it's, it makes it a little bit easier that we're working with dogs and dogs are just so cute and great. How could they not be authentic? Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think, you know, we, It'll also be interesting to see how the influencer marketing affects or kind of goes hand in hand with that authenticity. Um, you know, we have not that many restrictions, like content restrictions for our brand ambassadors, influencers, since they're not paid. So it, I think that will help us too, because you know, they can create whatever content they want and what feels right to them and their account. And I think Gen Z will appreciate that and notice that. Um, I think another really big factor is gonna be losing the like on Instagram. It's gonna be a huge topic and you know how we are able to continue measuring successful influencer campaigns without that like. That sounds like a hashtag in itself, hashtag losing the like. Yeah, really. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think we're going to have to, I, I think it could end up being a good problem. <laughs> you know, it's definitely going to be challenging for brands, but we'll have to be looking more closely at the higher touch kind of more important engagements like comments and, um, and shares and saves and I think it'll lead brands to be looking harder at the quality of the actual posts and what they, what the, um, what kind of content your business is really looking for. Yeah. And I think it also might push companies to explore other channels too. So it'll open the door for other, you know, maybe revisiting like blogs have got less attention in recent years. So maybe revisiting that or, you know, figuring out other strategies on other channels as well. Like we're getting a lot of requests now for like, not just TikTok, but for Twitch. So just other social platforms where there might be opportunities, I think also will be part of that losing the like hashtag movement. Uh-huh, I agree. <laughs> um, so my last question, which I always ask, and I'm going to spin it a little bit differently for you, but um, name a dog influencer you love, but you love to follow, but hate to admit that you do. <laughs> I mean, there's none. Why would I ever hate to admit that I follow any dog? <laughs> I follow pretty much all of them and I get targeted with any that I don't follow yet and I start to follow them and it's delightful. <laughs> it sounds like a very happy place to work. You're very fortunate and you know it is a busy season for you coming up so I, if you wanted to share with our listeners any kind of special offers for holiday, I know everyone's kind of dogs are top of list so feel free to share anything. Um, yeah, we will definitely be um, very active on, you know, the Cyber Monday, Cyber Mutt Day, and Black Friday. 
So come check out our, our um, website then. <laughs> Perfect. Well, thank you so much. Um, we really appreciate your time and uh, we'll, we look forward to watching all your success. <laughs> Thanks so much. It's great chatting with you. You too. Thanks for tuning in to this week's Beyond the Box, produced by Tough Monkey Entertainment. Beyond the Box is brought to you by Babblebox with your host, Sherry Langbert. Visit podcast.babblebox.com for more episodes and influencer marketing secrets.